good morning, Athens. 9.08 exactly. It's Fat Friday, folks. August 11th. Yeah, boy. Don Albert's here. We're going to do a free-for-all today. Stick around. We're going to have a good time. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Don. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, let's see here. We've had a busy week. We've had some good stuff. We talked about the uh, sponsor circle for our county, the Passionworks uh, Studios, and um, had the Southeast Ohio History Center on the air. So, good weekend. Coming up next week, I think on Tuesday, we're going to talk about rural action. Um, and uh, then on um, Thursday, we've got the mayor. I can't remember who I've got on Wednesday, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll have... Um, a good time next week as well. All right. So, let's see here. Let me double check. Yes, that's right. August 11th it is, and um, today a free-for-all. Um, let's, let's just get right into it. Um, Don, I always rely on your help here. Um, on this day of August 11th, historical events. Okay, so the first one listed is uh, in 1945. It says, Allies refused Japan's offer to surrender on the condition that Emperor Hirohito remain, uh, rather retains his status. Yeah. Um, five years, no, no, uh, nine years later on this date, 1954, formal peace treaty ends over seven years of fighting in Indochina between the French and the communist Viet Minh. On this date in 1988, Al-Qaeda formed at a meeting between Osama bin Laden, Ayman uh, al-Zawari, and uh, I think it's uh, Dr. Fadl, F-A-D-L, that occurred in uh, Pakistan, that meeting. 2003 on this date, NATO takes over command of the peacekeeping force there in Afghanistan, making, uh, rather marking its first major operation outside of Europe in its 54-year history. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Famous birthdays. And I always rely on you, Don, to help us out here. Um, in no particular order, at least I'm not aware of any, um, Alex Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. He was born on this date in 1921. He passed in 1992. Alex Haley. He was an American writer and the author of the 1976 book Roots, The Saga of an American oh, Family, yes. which ABC later adapted as a television miniseries of the same name and aired it in 1977 to a record-breaking audience of 130 million viewers. Let's go farther back. Christian Eichmann, E-I-J-K-M-A-N. I've seen this in writing, but I truly can't remember how to pronounce it. Anyway, Christian uh, Eichmann. Eichmann, thank you. So he was, that's what it says on here. Uh, let me uh, hit um, the dates here. He was born on this. No, no, no. No, that's right. He was born on this date in the year 1858, and he passed in 1930. So, Mr. Eichmann. He was a Dutch physicist physician and professor of physiology whose demonstration that Burberry is caused by poor diet led to the discovery of antineuretic vitamins or theamine. Hmm. 
and together with Sir Frederick Hopkins, he received the Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine in 1929 for the discovery of vitamins. Um, our next two are um, still living. Um, we have a total of four birthdays uh, to be, share with you today. This one's really important. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. But uh, Hulk Hogan is celebrating his 70th birthday today. Okay, do it, Don. He is an American retired professional wrestler, and he is widely regarded as the most recognized wrestling star worldwide and the most popular wrestler of the 1980s, as what is one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Okay, and finally, uh, the last name is that of Steve Wozniak, um, who's celebrating his 73rd birthday today. Steve Wozniak. He is an American technology entrepreneur, electronics engineer, computer scientist, computer programmer, philanthropist, and inventor. In 1976, he co-founded Apple Computer with his late business partner, Steve oh, Jobs, yes. which later became the world's largest technology company by revenue and the largest company in the world by market capitalization. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you said Apple, I go, oh, I did know this. All right, uh, two famous deaths to share. Uh, that is to say that they died on this date, August 11th. But uh, the year was uh, for the first one, 1919. He was born in 1835. He died on this date in 1919. Never heard of this guy. Andrew Carnegie. Andrew <sighs> Carnegie. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Is there, is there a Carnegie? Okay, is there an Andrew Carnegie? I don't think so. Oh. He, uh, he was an American industrialist and philanthropist. He led the expansion of the American steel industry in the late 19th oh, century. Oh, Carnegie. And became one of the richest Americans in history. Yeah, I was pretty sure that's who it was. But you have something showing you that the pronunciation's different, eh? I've always heard it Carnegie, because Carnegie Hall. That's what he was, uh, it was named after. That's all we wait. So I just assume. Well, it's now you have raised an issue. So that's what I'd Carnegie. Yeah, I, you know, you might be right. I uh, forgive my um, <laughs> uh, not being sure. Anyway, one more famous death to share: Edith Wharton, and um, she was born in 1862, but died on this date in 1937. Ms. Wharton. She was an American writer and designer. She drew upon her insider's knowledge of the upper-class New York ar aristocracy. Uh, aristocracy. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, all right. I, do, I mess up, too. <laughs> to portray realistically the lives and morals of the Gilded Age. In 1921, she became the first woman to win the Pulitzer Prize in fiction for her novel, The Age of Innocence. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the thing I don't know what I'm talking about here, but it, it's, it's mentioned in this report I have. It says, Jack the Dripper paintings sell for millions. Um, I certainly remember the expression Jack the Ripper. Jack the Dripper? Um because um, his paintings sell for millions. And it, what do you... Is this crazy or what? Should <laughs> I just forget it? No, I actually just found it. Okay. Uh, it's the, it, they were paintings made by the artist Jackson Pollock. That's why they called him Jack the Dripper. <laughs> and uh, But his iconic drip painting technique made famous by his use of liquid household paint is still widely replicated and experimented with today, and his works have been sold for up to an astonishing $200 million. For a painting? Yes. Wow. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't normally bring this story up, but I was wondering if Jack the Ripper, you know, was an artist, and I didn't know it, because I... I uh, well, anyway, it's, 
but my guess was completely wrong. <laughs> okay. So his real name was what? Alex what? Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Okay. Or Pollock. Pollock. P-O-L-L-A-C-K. So Pollock, Pollock. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's see here. Um, I guess that kind of does it for that report. Um, let's talk about the weather for a few moments. Um, I brought the uh, some weather information, more than just the normal, in with me today. Um, you know, here it is, uh, 9, 18 and a half right now. And uh, they had told us well in advance that we may have some patchy fog this morning, but that's, they said it would end by around 9 a.m. And indeed, as I was driving in, just, uh, I'm going to say, floating above the river path, there was uh, some fog, but that's about it. Otherwise, mostly sunny. The high today expected to be 84. And we may have just a nice light wind this afternoon that could range in that 5 to 7 mile per hour zone. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 65. And the wind, not quite as much, but still there, 3 to 5 miles per hour. Tomorrow's Saturday, of course, and uh, uh-oh. Yeah, rain. Uh, we have that for... Um, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, no, no, Sun Sunday's going to be nice until the evening. Okay, let, let me just do it in order. So Saturday, we have a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 2 p.m. Uh, otherwise, mostly sunny with a high near 87. The winds are uh, going to be a light breeze, you might say, 6 to 9 miles per hour. Okay, so uh, then on Saturday night, it goes from 30 to 40% chance of some precipitation, mainly before 2 a.m. The low overnight, 65. Sunday, sunny, yeah, with a high near 87. Um, Sunday night. It, we get a mention of pos a 20% chance of some rain or something going on. Uh, but actually not until the wee hours of the morning. 2 a.m. they say. So that truly would actually be Monday morning. Okay. Well, that's, that's far enough. Anyway, nothing really awful looking. Um, I guess Monday we have an 80% chance of precipitation, and uh, Monday night, 50%. All right, enough. Whatever it is, we just have to live with it, right? Duh. <laughs> okay, let's see here. I There's a couple things I printed off recently. Okay, here's an interesting item, and... Uh, this was new to me. I had not heard this, heard about this. I printed this a week ago, August 4th. And I've been hanging on to it to just bring it up as a topic. Um, it says, Official August Petition to Help Stop D.C. Statehood. So the District of Columbia is what they're talking about. I had not heard that this was even um, being uh, proposed. But it says, hey, friend, thankfully we reached our signature quota last month to stop the radical left from making the District of Columbia the 51st state And um, anyway, I, I just had not heard about this. And um, 
You see, Democrats may be days away, it says, from making the District of Columbia, the 51st state, just days away. American conservatives' values are doomed if patriots like you don't act now to stop the bill from passing. Okay, so they're pushing for somebody to put their name on something, I guess. But I just had not heard about the concept of um, they're adding yet another state, and it would be that of our District of Columbia. I just don't see why that's a good idea or necessary or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Another thing that I pulled last week, and then we didn't get to it. In fact, uh, looks like August 7th is when I printed this. Uh, the headline reads, Miami versus Miami. And they add the word, that's confusing. Okay, on September 1st, there's going to be a football game. Lots of them, as a matter of fact. But the one they're referring to is Oxford, Miami University, right? I always love to tease it. Uh, it says, heaven can help the announcer when Miami University plays the University of Miami in football on September 1st. Huh? <sighs> You know, so, so what if he has to say something like, uh, Miami is within the sight of Miami's end zone with two downs to go. Miami calls a timeout. You know, who are they talking about? <laughs> because uh, both schools go by Miami. Well, the confusion isn't our fault. In fact, uh, the writer of this, let's see here. Oh, it's Amy Lipton. She's uh, on the staff over at Miami of Ohio. She wrote this article, I think. Well, anyway, um, I guess the media tried to persuade the Florida school to change its name after it was chartered back in 1925, 116 years after Miami University's charter. And... Um, when I say we, um, it says, uh, I mean the Miami University president at the time, which was Raymond Hughes, also a class of 1893, as well as several other prominent Miamians. And in this case, we're talking about Oxford. Let's see, in February 10th of uh, 1927, a, president to president, a letter to President Hughes, alumnus George Schumann shared a letter of protest that he was sending to the president and trustees of the Florida institution. Hmm. Anyway, it, it didn't help. They both became Miami. See, is there anything else here that... Well, they say there's been a lot of confusion over the years. And um, the date of all of that, basically 100 years ago, and they say the confusion still exists. I never thought about it, but I saw this article and I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? I saw an item this morning that says U.S. government forecasters expect a more dangerous Atlantic storm season this year, raising their Atlantic hurricane outlook due to high sea surface temperatures. Let's see here. The U.S. National Oceanographic, Oceanic rather, and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, right, forecast 
14 to 21 named storms, with 6 to 11 of them potentially becoming hurricanes with winds of 74 miles per hour or greater. They go on to say two to five of those hurricanes could become major events with sustained winds above 111 miles per hour. Once again, this was uh, released in an article from NOAA, um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Well, back in May... NOAA had projected between 12 to 17 named, storm, named storms. But just in the last day or two, they've increased that from 14 to 21. Just so you know that uh, they had put out a figure earlier. Now they're updating it. And it's, uh, uh, shall we just say, more threatening? Now, what's the average? If you look back over some period of years, the Atlantic season has an average of 14 named storms, seven hurricanes, and three major hurricanes annually. They go on to say record warm Atlantic sea surface temperatures are likely to counterbalance the usually limited atmospheric conditions associated with the ongoing El Nino event. El Nino, a weather system that forms from warm ocean surface temperatures. Boy, we've had that expression four times in this article. In the central and eastern Pacific, increases vertical wind shear, lessening or breaking up tropical storms. They go on to say a higher number of storms now expected follows a similar forecast from Colorado State University. If I'm not mistaken, in my memory, Colorado State is, um, well, you know, each university has certain areas that they excel in. Um, I, there are many for o OU. But the one I love to mention most often is that of sports administration. It's number one in the world, Ohio University. Well, um, Colorado State is well known for uh, meteorology, I guess is, would be the term, right? Weather forecasters and predictions and things like that. Colorado State. Well, anyway, I'm just reading through a couple more sentences here to see if there's anything that I should add. Oh, uh, yeah, here's a, a sentence. It says, Pacific winds have been blamed for fanning fierce wildfires in Hawaii this week. They go on, Hawaii is normally at increased risk of tropical cyclones during El Nino years. But they go on, it is too early to say whether El Nino had contributed to the formation of intensity of Hurricane Dora. Yeah, well, okay. Um, golly, let's, let's talk about Maui. Okay, Hawaii. If you've listened to my show over the years, you're well aware that I lived there, not in Maui, but in Hawaii, um, a little over three years. I moved from Honolulu to Athens. That's the truth. Um, if you live regardless of what island you live on, uh, there is a, um, a certain degree of visiting the other islands as well. And I had, uh, I think, four visits to Maui. And I, loved, I, I liked it a lot. 
Um, each of the islands has a certain uniqueness. They're all special. Anyway, going on. Um, this wildfire that is still underway as of this morning has killed 53 people. And when you look at the damage that has been done in Maui, like Lahaina, which is a, I don't know if I call it a village or a town or a city or what, but it, it's um, my recollection of Lahaina, I would have compared it to like Nelsonville, maybe. But I may be way off. Uh, but it had a neat downtown area and the arts and all sorts of things. Anyway, um, it is gone. Lahaina is nothing. And they go on to say that thousands of people will need immediate housing. Josh Green, who's the governor there, told a news conference um, how desperate immediate housing has become. He, go on, he went on to say, and this was a news conference that occurred yesterday, he estimated as many as 1,000 buildings were damaged or destroyed. A quote, it's going to take many years to rebuild Lahaina. But um, in that news conference, some of his um, personnel began to map out a plan to shelter the newly homeless in hotels and tourist rental properties. Another quote, we're going to need to house thousands of people. That from Green. Well, the fast-moving inferno caught the island of Maui off guard after at least three major fires broke out on Tuesday, cutting off the western side of the island. And um, you may have heard this story before, but some people fled the flames by simply jumping into the ocean. And the Coast Guard... Um, got really active fast and would um, go in and pull these people out of the water. Yeah, I saw the videos of these. Yeah. Um, they go on to say that thousands of tourists were trying to leave Maui. Many of them camped in the airport waiting for flights. They go on, many people... Uh, uh, Many more people suffered burns, smoke inhalation, and other injuries. Search and rescue efforts continue, and thousands of people have fled into emergency shelters or left the island. Um, hmm. Here they're telling the story of a, um, a tourist from Fresno, California. It says he was trapped on Lahaina's front street in a rental car with his wife and children as the fires approached, forcing the family to abandon the car and jump into the ocean. Whoa. They go on, we floated for four hours. They held on to some pieces of wood for flotation. It was a vacation that turned into a nightmare. That's his quote. I heard explosions everywhere. I heard screaming, and some people didn't make it. I feel so sad. Well, yesterday was Thursday. At the start of the day, it was 17 deaths. By the end of the day, 53. And more expected to be um, discovered yet. Um, ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum. let's see here. Pulehu. 
Um, its fire, about 20 miles east of Lahaina, was 70 cent, 70% contained. Uh, there was no estimate for the upcountry fire in the center of the eastern mass of the island. Uh, but the whole island is considered uh, actually to be a county, Maui County. All right, um, let's see here. Well, what do, okay, just, how many tourists do you think Lahaina draws annually? Just, I don't mean to put you on the spot, man, but. No, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I have it right here. Oh. Uh, it's um, two million. Okay. Two million Mine would have been people. half of that. I was going to say maybe around a million. Yeah. Two million people. Uh, visit Lahaina annually. Wow. Hmm. Let's see here. I'm reading through this lengthy article to see if there's something. Uh... Oh, okay. Here's, here's a sentence that's worth sharing. Um... This is the worst disaster to befall Hawaii since 1960, one year after it became a U.S. state, when a tsunami killed 61 people. When we lived there, um, there was a good bit of emphasis put on being prepared for a tsunami. That may have faded over the years, but that was, you know, not all that long after the tsunami had occurred. And, um, well, so uh, there was a lot of emphasis placed on being prepared. Well, let's see here. There has been a declaration of uh, a disaster declaration declared, and uh, President Biden uh, worked on that. Um, let me reach over here for another thing. Okay, too many papers this morning. Um. I know that feeling. <laughs> okay, here's an updated article. We're now up to 60 that have died there in Lahaina. Uh, last I told you a few minutes ago, it was 53, but they're now at 60. Um, another story, these are kind of from that category of headlines that I use periodically. The U.S. reaches a deal with Iran to free Americans for jailed Iranians and funds. They go on, five American detainees will eventually be allowed to leave Iran in exchange for Tehran gaining access to $6 billion for humanitarian purposes and the United States freeing several jailed Iranians. Six billion. All right. Let's see. The Supreme Court has paused an opioid settlement with Sackler's pending review. Okay, this is a, a family, the Sackler family. Uh, let's see here. A federal appeals court had signed off on the agreement which would shield members of the wealthy Sackler family from opioid-related lawsuits in exchange for billions to resolve thousands of claims. I don't understand, but what do I know? Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Here's a... 
Okay, kilo, kilolit, kilolit. Okay, camp kilolit. I'd like you to look this up. It's K I L L O O L E E T. Kilolit, I guess is how you say it. Where Where is it? Hancock of Vermont. Really? Hmm. It's a summer camp for children aged 9 to 14. Okay. Well, someone has, um, a photographer I assume, has gone there and really it, it struck him between the eyes, so to speak, uh, as what a beautiful sight. And so, um, um, they've now published this collection of photographs that he took or she took. I don't know who the photographer was. But it's caught a lot of attention. So we'll leave it at that. Um, I mentioned um, Villa Vicen Villavesano, Fernando, his first name. This is in Ecuador. Um, he was killed, assassinated. Well, not assassinated. He was a candidate for president of Venez of um, Ecuador. Ecuador. Thank you. And um, but he was killed. I think that happened uh, yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. Anyway, um, I'm going to turn off your mic just for a minute there. Uh, We've got to get some more soundproofing in the studio. All right, let's see here. Um, they hid on a ship's rudder to flee Nigeria. They landed in Brazil. Okay, this, we're talking about four Nigerian stowaways that hopped on a cargo ship not knowing even where it was headed or going, you know, but hoping to find a place where they could claw out of poverty. And they ended up in uh, Brazil. Um, over the years, um, let's see, well, there, Danilo Tavares, um, he was a Rotary Exchange student from Brazil. And he lived in our home for, um, I guess, four months and was an Athens High School student. Great guy. We keep in touch. His mother's high up in the Brazilian government. She wasn't then, but she is now. But um, so imagine you're trying to get out of Nigeria because of what a mess it is. You get on a boat, you have no idea where it's heading, and you end up in Brazil. Wow, what a story. Florida, they say schools down there are trying to adapt to new rules on gender, bathrooms, and pronouns. They go on, as schools start, it's been more paperwork, a culling of reading lists, as well as new regulations about bathrooms, right? Now, my generation, you had male bathrooms and female bathrooms. But now, uh, there's been this uh, additional interest of of uh, what pronouns do you use reference to, in reference to that person's name? And so you'll receive some message from them and it'll say he, him, his, something like that. Um, or a feminine nature or um, non-gendered based. This is all very confusing for me. But... Um, there's a lot of people who uh, support all of that, and that's fine. But I don't want to make a mistake, and so you're becoming extra sensitive to it. All right. 
Uh, Trump's election interference stuff. We have word now that the former president's legal team will get to suggest its own timetable for the case next week. And uh, the government's proposal um, is pretty much right away. But um, uh, President Trump, former President Trump's um, special counsel is proposing January for this election interference trial. Nine forty-eight and a half right now. Huh. Oh, here's another. Uh, Another story that's unfortunate. It says four are charged with assault after a uh, after Alabama riverfront brawl. I saw this. Okay, let me turn your mic back. I saw I, I saw the video of this. It goes on. Three men and a woman turned themselves in to the Montgomery, Alabama police this week after an attack on a black boat captain that garnered heavy backlash on social media. So um, tell me what your impressions of the video were. So what happened, or at least my understanding of what happened was, uh, the boat, or not the boat captain, the, he, the black guy that was attacked was a security guard or like a maritime person. I... I forget the exact. Okay. I forget the exact term. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go with security. Person. Yeah, but, I, but uh, he had told the people in the boat, he was like, "Hey, you can't leave your boat there," and they said, and they basically just ignored him. He told him one more, told him a couple times, "Like, hey, you can't leave your boat there." So what he did was he started to untie the boat from the dock, and was just going to let it sink or not sink, but float out into the water. And that's when they came back and they started attacking him. Okay. Now, do I personally think that this was a racial attack? No. I think, I think what, no matter what color of skin the security guard had, they would have attacked him anyway, because mm-hmm. all of them just looked angry, just like, hey, what are you doing? Because, because I've seen many videos of people doing stuff like that, and it didn't matter what color they are. So that's just my personal opinion, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do have a racist history, and until that, you know comes out then you know i'll change my stance on that but that's just my you know personal opinion on that well um were they parked uh i'm sorry were they docked at a place where they weren't supposed to be i believe so and this space was meant for the boat that was trying to uh, come in there that i don't know okay i just know that they weren't supposed to be docked there I see. Well, um, anyway, they're making it into um, possibly a racist thing as well. But we really don't know enough here in this studio anyway. Okay, let's see here. In the category of politics... The headline reads, Biden trumpets legislation for veterans despite backlog in claims. It says more than half of the roughly 843,000 claims submitted since the legislation was signed have been processed. But there are still more than 384,700 applications pending. Legislation for veterans. I'm not sure exactly what we're talking about. Is this something... um, I really feel awful that I don't know this story well enough. You keep looking. I'll move on. Um... 
I think it's called the PACT Act. P-A-C-T? Yes. Okay. And? It's, it's a new law that expands VA health care and benefits for veterans exposed to burn pits, Agent Orange, and other toxic substances. Okay. Now, I receive, folks, I know this will be hard to believe. I received about 350 emails daily. I'm not kidding. Um, it's really a burden. And it takes me, even if I keep hitting the delete, delete, delete button, um, after I read what the, the tease is, the line, um, it still consumes time. And I'm sure many of you out there are saying, you need to hit reply stop and end or, you know, something like that to many of these. Well, okay. Regardless of that, I have received many inquiries about whether I have been exposed to Agent Orange or firefighting foam or all these sort of things. And it's my guess that some law firm around the nation, you know, is proposing to take my case and they're soliciting my business. Um, and there's many other examples of things they bring up. Have you done this? Have you, you know, or that. Is it kind of like those commercials you always see that's like, if you were stationed at Camp Legion? Yes. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. And that's a big one that's always mentioned. Yeah. Yes. Well. Okay. Let's see, what else do I have? Um, I don't need that. Page six, technology. Oh, this is really awful, but it's become a bigger headline this year. Um, the number of children who die every year in hot cars. You know, um, a parent... Um, um, maybe slips in to make a quick run to the store and the child is sleeping and they just leave them in the car. Well, then maybe they're detained in the store or well, who knows what happens. But a moment of forgetfulness by a distracted or sleep-deprived parent can be devastating. Experts and child safety advocates have called for interior motion sensors in all vehicles. The headline reads, Dozens of children die every year in hot cars. Could technology save them? Yeah. Um, Sweden. They often try to be a very neutral um, country. But um, this next headline says Sweden is not staying neutral in Russia's information war. They go on, the country has empowered a government agency to openly combat online disinformation coming from foreign adversaries and especially the Kremlin. Hmm. Oh, there's two or three articles about AI again today, almost every day. Um, but uh, just to give you a tickle, um, I guess it's now being used in sextortion. Sextortion, whatever. On Okay, so I guess there are sites that try to appeal to people who are wanting sexual activity. I don't know. Um, 
but uh, computer scientists tap AI to identify risky apps, including such as sextortion apps. Oh, well, I don't fully understand. Um, NFL players. Evidently, there's been a realization that they have been betting on games. And so the NFL is cracking down on players. They should not be doing that. They go on, some within the sport think the league's discipline for betting has been heavy-handed. But that has meant more presentations, not softer rules. I kind of think that if you're not if you're not betting on your own team, I kind of don't think it's that big a deal, personally. Okay. Because obviously, if you're betting on your own team, then you know you you know. I can see where there might be a conflict of interest there. <laughs> you know, this let's talk about betting for a minute, and we don't even have a minute. We have about forty seconds. I went and bought my first lottery ticket a few days ago, the day that that night they were drawing. Um, I, um, I bought two tickets, one for me and one for Suzanne. She had one number. I had none of the five numbers plus the double thing. Anyway, um, I and then trying to figure it out, I had to have help from friends. Okay. That'd be me also. Take care, folks, and um, be safe. Have a great weekend out there. This is The Party Line. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM. W-A-T-H.